0: Hey, this is Jason Hubbard and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. We're going to dig into the Word today, and so uh, you can get your Bibles, notebooks, pens. Um, you can text the number up on your screen to receive notes to your phone. Uh, if you're already signed up for that, you got that link this morning, so uh, you can just go ahead and open those notes um, today. Um, I want to pray one more time, and then we're going we're gonna to enter in um, and really just invite the Holy Spirit to come here today and do what He wants to do. How many of you are in for that? Um, I recognize that in this day and age, more than any amazing word that I can share, more than anything that I can like muster up, the Holy Spirit is really what changes our lives, empowers our lives, gives us what we need to walk through Monday through Saturday. It's one thing to come on Sunday and be encouraged. It's another thing to know that when we walk out the doors, we don't walk away from the presence of God. We walk away with the presence of God he's in our lives and he's empowering our lives and giving us strength every single moment of the day. And Father, I just pray that as we come to your word right now, Lord, I pray that you would come and speak to your people. Lord, we thank you for this season that you have our church in. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we know and we sense that you have incredible things in store. And Father, even as we've spent these weeks and today we spend time talking about the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would give us open ears to hear, open our hearts to to receive everything that you have today. Lord, let us be attentive to what you have to speak in this place today. Lord, I pray that we would be teachable. We would be disciples that would be ready to hear what you have to say to us today. Lord, we praise you and we turn our attention on you what you're going to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, Amazing few weeks that we've had talking about the Holy Spirit um, as we've just kind of gone into... This, this understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. How many of you over the last couple of weeks have maybe had um, just some, some encouragement, some life, something that stuck out to you that's just, it's really impacted your life. It's, it's changed your life. You've been able to walk away with it. It's encouraged you. Um, that's the goal of this. Um, this, is, this is, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, um, it's something that in my heart, there's an excitement anytime I talk about the Holy Spirit because of who he is, okay? Um, I was thinking about this actually this morning driving in. This, is, this isn't on my notes, but I was thinking this is really cool. It's the bridge between the last words that Jesus spoke when he was here to the church and to us living as the church today. Jesus said he promised that he was gonna send the Holy Spirit, and he promised that to those who were living then and to those who are living now. Meaning we are living in something that is a result of the direct words that Jesus spoke. That's really cool. We aren't separated from everything that was spoken of and done in the Bible. We are part of it. And the Holy Spirit is the unifying force that is continuing to build the church in today's world It wasn't like the church in the book of Acts did the whole thing and we're just here kind of playing and hanging out. No, we are very much part of the alive, vibrant church of Jesus Christ that is in the world today and extending the kingdom of God here on the earth. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to do that. So we've had, we've had some amazing weeks. And um, we're, we're going to spend about three more weeks on this um, and, and really processing through the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and the, the goal of this is to really inspire your heart to step into something new and fresh for your life. But also, if you know Ellie and I, we're real practical, like real practical we're just, we're real people. And so I, I, I want this to be something that is, no, that's real. No, uh, I want this to be something that is real and practical and down to earth, but also communicates the heart of God that he has regarding the Holy Spirit for our lives. So today I want to teach through some things that can tend to sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable, but I really want to come through it through a practical lens and a spirit-filled lens for what God wants to do. And I want to give us some basis of these things that are actually incredibly beautiful gifts that happen through the Holy Spirit. How many of you remember um, your first benefit package when you got a job? How many of you remember stepping in your first job and getting a benefit package? Okay. How many of you have yet to experience that? <laughs> <laughs> Been at the same job for how long? I haven't got that benefit package, right? right? How many of you would like your company to offer you a benefit package? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, but we remember your benefit package, right? I remember when I got my first one, when I stepped into ministry out of uh, college and, and, and I was a young kid that had only ever had part-time jobs, right? And I step in and they're like, we're gonna give you a salary. And, and, and the salary they gave was like nothing. It was absolutely nothing uh, because it was the church. But it felt like so much money. I mean, they offered it. They're like, this is how much we're gonna offer you. Are you sure? It's like, wow, you know? And then they talk about the benefit package and all this, and you're just like this little kid going, oh, this is so amazing, right? The benefit packages are pretty incredible when you get them when you start working for a company. Um, there's all the normal benefits, right? There's, there's like health insurance and dental insurance, and there's stipends and food things and all those things that, that different companies use. Um, I looked up a few of these things, and there's some benefits now that companies are giving um, that are very unique and different, Okay, so, so, for example, there is a company called Vertifor. It is an insurance tech company. Um, and as a benefit for their employees, they will pay 90% of your vet hospital bills. <laughs> you, your animal hospital bills, 90%. That, that, I've never heard of that. I can definitely tell you that that has never been offered to me before. Like that is, that is very interesting. One of the other ones that has become very popular as of late is unlimited PTO. You're familiar with unlimited PTO. It's the idea that you can just take as much time off as you want. Uh, Netflix was kind of the one that, that uh, introduced this and their whole thing that they said to their employees is we want our employees to take a vacation whenever. That sounds really good. What's really interesting is as you study Unlimited PTO, um, it, it's funny, companies that do that, their, their employees actually take less vacation than, than the others, so it's, it's very interesting how that works. But Unlimited PTO, that, that sounds pretty good. Um, this was another one that I thought was interesting. There's a company that during the summer uh, gives summer Fridays off. So when the weather's nice, you don't work on Friday. That, that's cool. It's like an automatic three-day weekend for you, you know, when, when you're in the summer. Like, that's, that's pretty exciting. How many would be in for that? That's, that sounds pretty incredible. Um, just go talk to your employer. Um, another one that a lot of companies are doing now is care packages. As part of your benefit package, you will every once in a while will get a care package. Like, that's really cool just to have like gifts and goodies. Like, this is amazing, right? There's some really cool and unique and different benefits that are included in benefit packages nowadays. But this is how it ties in the spiritual element of what we're talking about today. God has given us an incredible benefit package. Think about that for a second. The life that we have in Christ Jesus comes with a benefit package that is unparalleled. Yes. You cannot get a benefit package like this anywhere else in the world. Let me give you a few examples of what these things look like. David wrote about this in Psalm 103 when he says this, Bless the Lord. There it is, the next slide, and it's coming up right in three There it is. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are these? He forgives all of your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Those are some really cool benefits. Right. How many of you are thankful for those benefits? Yeah. I mean, I could stop at the first one. Yeah. He forgives your iniquity. I'm so thankful that he forgave my iniquity. Yeah. How many of you are thankful he you forgave your iniquity? Yeah. Sometimes you need to be reminded of the iniquity that you've been forgiven of so that we remember how much we've been forgiven of. Right. We become numb. Like, oh yeah, we've been forgiven. Yay, iniquity. Woohoo. Well, we have to remember this amazing gift that we've been given. James 1 says this about the gifts that God brings. It says, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from a father. Whatever is good and perfect, the things that God has for us, the benefits in life, the things that he has to pour out to you are good and perfect. He created the lights and the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting Shadow. Our Father has good things for us. We can believe that, that the Father that we have in heaven has good things for his kids. Not things to harm, not things to tear down, not things to destroy, but things to build up. I think that one of the hardest things that we have sometimes, and I'm, I'm going through my own journey. One of the hardest things that we have sometimes in relating who we are to God is that many times we have earthly examples of what a father looks like. And so when we read a verse like this, that says everything good and perfect comes from the father above. We put in our mind the filter of other father figures that we've had in our life and that breaks down. Yes, that's right. Because I haven't experienced that maybe from other father figures in my life. God has to have a point where that breaks down. No, the promise is that it never fails. Look at this verse. He never changes. He never changes. And he never casts a shifting shadow. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. One of the benefits that he brings to our life is the benefit of the Holy Spirit, is the benefit of the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually said this in John 16. He used this very word. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth, that it's for your benefit that I go away. Why? Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit isn't going to come. But if I do go, I'm going to send you the benefit of the Holy Spirit. The benefit of the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, very simply, your life is better when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now sadly, the state of our world right now, and I would say Christendom as a whole, is very sad because many Christians have not taken advantage of all the benefits that God has. Many Christians have said, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to buy that. Like this is a kind of a cool benefit, but I don't know if I want all of it and we've missed it. Tozer wrote this and this was so sobering. Listen to this. We may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. He's making a statement about the church as a whole. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the spirit is all but gone. We've eliminated or we have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. Now that should get our attention a little bit because I I, I want you to know something about what Tozer is saying here. That's not an intentional thing. That's just a shift that happens as we are infected and affected by the culture around us. We begin to forget. We forget the benefits that the Lord has given us. If we don't remind ourselves and go through these scriptures time and time again to remind ourselves these are the benefits that God gives, we can forget the benefits. And before long, we've 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 negated all of these things. But Psalm 103, like we said, said this: don't forget all of his benefits. Meditate on all of his benefits. Don't miss out on one of the benefits he has. Like, like don't be don't be Christians who, who want the VIP parking spot, but don't want the health insurance or the 401k. Like When we're talking about the benefits that God brings to our life, let's be people who want to remember and receive all of the benefits that he has in our lives. Right. Yeah. Parking spots are cool. Health insurance is way cooler. I'm just saying. I'm not going to use a parking spot if you're in the hospital. Um, you could take that down all kinds of rabbit trails. The point is this, the benefit then of the Holy Spirit gives us greater empowerment for a reason, to fulfill God's purpose. You and I have a purpose. God's given us a job to be his hands and feet, to carry his love to every single person we meet, to be carriers of the spirit of God to push back darkness, to declare freedom, to believe that he will come and set the captive free. He's called us to be those that will extend the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That's a huge mantle. It's very humbling, the fact that God chose us and he said, hey, I wanna build my kingdom using you. Are you sure about that? Like, for real? Yeah, for real. He wants to use you to build his kingdom. But the amazing thing is that It's not just on us. He gives us this empowerment to do this. Acts 1.8, he says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? So that you will be my witnesses, telling everyone, everywhere about me. And he lists the places that are there. Without the Holy Spirit, living a Christian and God-fearing and Christ-following life is really hard. It's very intimidating. Have you ever thought one day, you know what, God today, I want you to put someone in front of me that I can tell about you. And then you walk out the door and go, oh no, what did I ask? And then even better, he puts someone in your path and says, that's the person. Oh no. (laughs) If we don't have the Holy Spirit, it's intimidating to live out and be the witness that he's called us to be. But he didn't tell us to just do the best we can. He said, I'm gonna empower you to be able to do that. As believers, we're to expect and to pursue a greater level of empowerment by the Holy Spirit. We need to pursue this. We need to go after this because of what it does in our life, because of what God wants to do. My challenge to us is this, is to not get too comfortable where we are. Not to get too comfortable where we are. Ellie said this last week and I thought it was so good. That comfort is the enemy to hearing the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I would say this, I would add to that, that comfort is an enemy to receiving the Holy Spirit we get comfortable and pretty soon our desire and what we're going for and the goal of our life is to be a happy christian just just i want i want to be a happy christian just just the happy life well there's so much more than that the the, the happy christian syndrome is actually infected by the world that is looking for temporary satisfaction and happiness in a situation, and a circumstance to dictate by external sources what you feel like in a moment. Like that's the culture we live in. But we are called to be Christians that look beyond where we are. My happiness is not dictated on the things that I walk through right now. I have a joy in what is to come. This is not my home. I'm not staying here. My home is to come. When Jesus comes back and we go to live with him, that is what I am faced. That is what I have have fixed my mind on. That is where I am headed. And so right now, the Holy Spirit can absolutely call me to get a little bit uncomfortable because my eyes are set on where I'm going and not feeling happy right now in this moment. For us as Christians, we have to be really careful to guard, and this is a work that the Holy Spirit does, to guard us so that we don't just become people who are looking for the momentary high and the momentary happiness, giving up the foundational joy that can empower our lives. Let's be a people that are not infected by the culture around us, but instead affect the culture around us because of the joy that is in us that is unshakable because of what the Holy Spirit has done in us. Let's be those Christians. Let's be those Christians. If we are willing to step out of our comfort zones, we will receive life and power that is incomparable to anything else that exists. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. As I look at the apostles, that was the thing that Jesus called them to do was to get uncomfortable. I read the stories of the apostles and everything through the book of Acts and through, I don't see one thing that they did that was comfortable. Like not one. You look at Paul's life, that guy did not live a comfortable life. Shipwrecked, beaten, whipped, like bitten by a snake, you know, like... I don't think Paul ever, there was never anything I read in any of his epistles that was like, and then I sat on the porch on my comfy chair and looked at the sunset. (laughs) Now, there probably was moments of that, but I'm just saying, there's an uncomfortableness that we are called to. Why? Because it's in the uncomfortableness that God gets to meet us where our humanity ends and the spirit kicks in. This is the life that we are called to live. Next week, Ellie and I are going to team teach, which means it's going to be like a four-hour service. <laughs> not because of her, it's because of me. If I, if I stop talking, I think of more things to say. So, so, so if she's talking, it gives me time to be like, oh, and i got to say that, and i got to say it. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Not really. Anyway, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be team teaching. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about what this means. And the reason we're going to do it together is we're actually going to share our stories and our experiences with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we have very different experiences of what that looks like. Um, Sometimes when we use this word baptism of the Holy Spirit, we get one tunnel-focused perspective on what that looks like, and that's it. And then what happens is if your experience with the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit is not that, you start to wonder, did that really happen? Or you look at it and go, yeah, that's not like, that's not me, like that's that's so different, right? God will meet you, and hear me on this, hear me on this. The Holy Spirit will meet you where you are in the preparation that God has done in your heart to receive what he wants to bring to your life. Our job is to be prepared to say, okay, Holy Spirit, here I am, I'm ready. Would you come and fill? Would you come and strengthen? Would you come and empower? He's the one who's faithful to come and bring his spirit into you. So Ellie and I are gonna share our stories. They're very different and hopefully give just kind of a framework about what this is. The reason I say it with this is sometimes when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. And what I would encourage you and challenge you in this space is when we start stepping into places like this, allow the Holy Spirit to make you a little bit uncomfortable. Because it's in that that there's a greater anointing, there's a greater empowerment, there's a greater gift, there's a greater influence that he wants to bring to your life. So we're going to walk through this together as we go. Now, uh, I want to talk today about four benefits of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit just for a few minutes. Four benefits. Anytime... There is an infilling, or we talk about baptism, or we talk about this continual infilling of the Holy Spirit. Anytime that that happens, and whenever that happens, there is a greater empowerment that comes. You might be somebody that's very new to the idea of the Holy Spirit, new to the idea of the empowerment. Well, God is going to meet you right where you're at. If you're someone who's walked with the Lord for a long time and you've, you've experienced and you've had the Holy Spirit living in your life for a long time, there's a new and a greater level of the Holy Spirit that is for you. There's a greater infilling. It's not like, okay, there was just one moment. I'm preaching next week's message. I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. There's not like there's one moment and then that's it. No, it's a continual. Going back to the first message, we breathe it in constantly. It has to be the life that fills our lungs every single day. I can tell you that what the Holy Spirit gave me for today to be able to deliver this message to you will not do and will not carry me into tomorrow. When I wake up tomorrow, I need the fresh word and life of the Holy Spirit to take me through that day. So we need this in our lives. The first of these things that comes the benefit of the power of the Holy Spirit is the power of God. The power of God working in you. What is the power of God like? Just read the Bible, you see it all the way through. You can't, you can't look at one page of the Bible without seeing some sort of miracle or sign of the power of God at work. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to look at. How many amazing things, even some of the things in the books that we're just like, the book of Amos? Like, why is that book in the Bible, you know? What in the world? But you start reading it, and you see the power of God revealed. You see the plan of God revealed. You see what God's done and how it still points to Jesus, and it still points to the redemption of man. And you start to go, wow, the power of God, now that same power resides in me. Jesus gave his disciples an assignment, just like he's given us an assignment. But he instructed them to begin, not to begin, until they had received the power to accomplish it. Okay, Luke 24, he says this, you are witnesses of all these things and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But he says this, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Jesus has given us an assignment, but it's very much the same. There's an empowerment that has to come to be able to fulfill the assignment that he's given us. You can't save the world. That should make you feel a lot better. (laughs) Nobody here has to go out and save the world. But he's going to get the power and put the power in you to be an agent of bringing that to the world. He's the one who saves the world, not you. So why don't we just take his power to save the world? Let's let him do do the work. The second thing that comes is an intimate and ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. An intimate and an ongoing relationship. The relationship dynamic, anytime there's a moment of filling in our lives, it deepens. There's actually a closeness that in Scripture, it talks about a closeness with the Holy Spirit that is even closer than the relationship between a husband and a wife. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, for the Scripture says that the two are united into one, speaking of a man and a woman. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now that's a really cool thought that is really hard to wrap our heads around. To be one in spirit with him. Meaning he affects our thought and our mindsets and our actions and our movements so that everything that we do and every moment that we walk through is empowered by the Holy Spirit and he's directing us where we feel this thing that's different in our lives. This is the the, the goal and one of the benefits that comes. Ephesians 6 says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times. What's the idea? It's the idea of walking in the spirit, walking with the spirit, starting your day. Man, just do this. If you do nothing else, just start your day, sit before you do one other thing and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me today? And would you guide me? And would you lead everything that you want to have happen today? And then you step out, listening for his voice to move you, to guide you, to direct you. The third thing that the Holy Spirit brings is the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts, the reason for the gifts is this, is that the Holy Spirit equips the people of God with the gifts needed to extend the kingdom of heaven. Okay? There are specific things that are needed to extend the kingdom of God in the world today. It, it, you know, I don't think that it's, it's, it's a, a small thing to realize that the enemy is upping his game quite a bit. The enemy is moving big time in the world today. He's attacking people, he's lying, he's bringing fear, anxiety, all of these things. He is just, he is full on. What that tells me is I need to, as a believer and follower of Jesus, I need to go back to, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh today so that I'm empowered with your gifts to war against darkness, to war against darkness over my family, to war against darkness over my church, my neighborhood, my community. Like, like there, There's a battle that's real But how cool is it that God has given us gifts in order to go to war with? These are amazing things. Now, in two weeks, we're going to talk specifically about the gifts. We're going to take that message, and we're going to talk about that. But the Holy Spirit equips us when we need it, and he equips us with what we need in that moment. Check this out. Mark 13. I love this. Jesus is saying, but when you are arrested and stand trial, you know that the disciples were like, don't you mean if? Like, I, I think you said the wrong thing, Jesus. It's, it's if, if we're arrested, right? No. When you're arrested, oh, come on. When you're arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what you're going to say. Just say what God tells you at that moment, for it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Now, you might not be somebody that ever gets arrested. Maybe you will. Either way, you know, whatever God wants to do. But you will all have moments. (laughs) Be encouraged. (laughs) So great. (laughs) We will all have moments where you're in this place that God puts you in. And then he will give you the words to say in the moment that you need to have them. And we can trust that. The final thing, it's not the final thing, but the fourth of these things that I want to highlight is the spiritual prayer language. Spiritual prayer language is, um, it's, it's a couple things just about this. I want, to, I want to just unpack this again, very practical. A spiritual prayer language is not the sole marker of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um. Your spiritual prayer language isn't a sign that you're saved or not. Like, that's not even what we're we're talking about here. A spiritual prayer language is something completely different and has a completely different purpose and role. The other thing I want to say is this. In the Bible, it talks about a spiritual prayer language, and it talks about the gift of tongues, two different things. We're going to talk about the gift of tongues in a couple of weeks, okay? So we're going to get there. That's the one. Every time you say Holy Spirit, okay, you're going to talk about tongues. Okay, here we go. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be fun. I'm talking about a spiritual prayer language that God gives to each person. Now, the key of the whole thing is this. It is a personal prayer language. It's not babbling. It's not just spouting off. It's, it's a language. What does language do? It allows you to communicate in a way that you couldn't before. Think about that. When your kids are learning to talk, they are learning a language, and they are able to communicate you, with you in a way that they couldn't before. When I was 10 years old, I, I started taking piano lessons And I remember that as I started to develop my skill as a musician, I started to be able to express things that I couldn't before when I didn't know how to play piano. I was learning a language that allowed me to connect in a totally different way than was before This is the spiritual prayer language that's been given. Now, what's really cool about language is just like your kids, your kids learn language, learn the English language or whatever is the the majority uh, language in your home. Your kids learn that language how? By listening. You don't sit your two-year-old down and say, okay, English class. No, what do they do? They listen to you. They hear you speak and then they begin to speak. Your, your personal prayer language is a result of time spent with the Holy Spirit listening for the words that he would put in your mouth to train you in a language that you haven't had before. With the goal of being able to communicate with God in a way that you haven't before. Okay? Okay. I know this is a new concept and I know, I know I know. sometimes this is like, okay, I'm wrestling with this and, and, and I want to give you some scripture here to, to lay this out because this is, this is actually so cool. It is really cool. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes this, if, you, if I could speak all the languages of two words, earth and of angels, meaning there are angelic languages that are given to us to be able to connect with the heart of God. Your personal prayer language is one that God gives you and it's for the personal building up of your spirit. It's, it's a language that you have to be able to communicate with God on a deeper level than what can happen in English. It, it's, it's this thing that's been given to you. So, so when you speak in your, in your personal prayer language, what it's doing is it's lifting your spirit. It's actually encouraging your spirit in a way that sometimes the English language is not able to do. And this is what I mean by this. First Corinthians 14, Paul writes this. There it is, okay, yes. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you are talking only to God. Your spiritual prayer language allows you to talk to God, to communicate to God, since people won't be able to understand you right? Now get this. There's no Google translate update that has to do with covering your spiritual prayer language. It's not like I can speak in tongues and then hand it to you and it'll translate it. Like it's a language for God. I'm talking to him and I'm empowered to be able to do this. It goes on to say that the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. But a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. This is the next slide, Ethan. Sorry, I skipped around. Thank you. Is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the church. This spiritual prayer language was such a key for Paul. Paul Paul actually said this in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Like he actually like bragged about it, you know? And I don't think it's actually bragging. I think he was like, yeah, I need it. <laughs> you know, shipwrecked, beaten, the 39 lashes that Jesus received, I, was got, I got those twice, rods, snakes, all this. You better believe I'm speaking in my prayer, spiritual prayer language. Like he's like, I can't really live life without it. And he knew that there was a power that was here. The gift of tongues the gift of this personal language wasn't just for a movement of pentecost but it was for the church now today our spiritual language and i want you to just i want you to hear this i want you to hear this regardless of what your experiences with tongues regardless of what your background is i know everybody has different background i know everybody has different things they walk in with our spiritual language begins where our human language ends Our human language has a limitation. It will come to an end. There will be a point where you can't describe what's going on inside of you. There's a place where it just, it becomes limited. Our human language can become very limited and a limited language, and it will fail to connect us with a limitless God. I'm going to say that again. Our limited human language will fail in connecting us with a limitless God. We were given the ability to be able to connect with him on a much deeper level than before. Now, this is what's so powerful about this. is because when we actually activate our spiritual language, there's a power that exists there that is... Amazing. Listen to Romans 8. This is, this is pretty crazy. Romans 8 says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Do any of you know all the time what God wants you to pray for? No. No. Nobody in this room knows all the time what God wants us to pray for all the time. But the Holy Spirit... Praise with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. This is speaking of the spiritual prayer language. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. That means when, you are, when you've activated this, this spiritual prayer language, he actually knows what your heart is saying even if your words aren't able to do that. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Gives us the ability to align our hearts with the will of God, with the will of God. When And, and I'm just, just to, to wrap this thought up because I just wanted to, to take a second to talk about this because this becomes, if, if I look at the Holy Spirit, this is like the big limiting thing for a lot of people when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And what I'm trying to communicate to you is that it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something that's weird and scary if we think about it as the perspective of a language that God is giving us to connect with his heart in a greater way than before. Praying in tongues also, and I think this is really important for us as we just laid this groundwork, it's not shutting your brain off, right? So, so, you know, oh, if I just pray in tongues, I'm just, you know, doing whatever and I'm not really thinking about it. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Your mind and your heart and your spirit are engaged as you pray in your spiritual language. This is a huge key. 1 Corinthians 14 says this. For if I pray, this is Paul talking, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to pray in the spirit and I'm going to pray in words that I understand. And I'm going to sing in the spirit and I'm also going to sing in words that I don't understand. It's the marrying of those two things together. There are moments in my prayer life, I'll just use my, my personal prayer life. There's moments when I am praying and I'm interceding for somebody, and I'm and I'm just starting to like go after it and I'm praying for their life and I'm praying for them. Um, th- this last week I was praying for Ryan and Kristen one morning and God just woke me up with them on my heart. And so I just started to go for it, and I started praying for blessing on their life and just favor on their life and and and, and rest over their life and <laughs> peace over their life, right? And- I just started to pray over this. And then I got so stirred up, there came to a point where I was like, I just switched over into tongues and I started to intercede in tongues, praying for them. Now, I still knew what I was praying about. I was praying for them. But my spirit was praying in a way that my, and then after a while I came back and I started praying again. It's this combination of these two things that God weaves together in order for it to work. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Okay, I'm trying just to give some, some fabric here, some understanding for us to be able to understand. Um, this, is, this is a piece that I know is a big piece to wrap your mind and your heart around. And, and what I would encourage you to do is two things. One is just to have an openness to say, okay, God, Mm, I, might, I might have some trepidation with this, might totally not understand it. I might even still just be trying to understand it all, but I'm going to take a step to be able to receive what you have. I'm going to step out in faith a little bit and I'm going I'm to see what you're going to do in my life. Going back to one of the first verses we talked about, everything that is good and perfect comes from the Father above meaning the gift of the Holy Spirit is good and it's perfect for your life. The other thing is I would do this is, is say, if there's, if there's things that you have questions and you're wrestling through this, this is a big topic, I get it, I understand it. Come talk to Ellie and I. Come have the conversation with us. We would love to be able to walk through these things more, to open scripture and to be able to dissect it, to answer specific questions, because I know sometimes there's specific questions around some of these things, and we want to be able to walk through those things with you. So come talk to us. That's what we're here for. That's that's our job as pastors, is to be able to help walk through these and open the Bible and encourage and, and all of that. And so um, come talk to us. We would love to be able to process with you with this more. Um, has this... This today, would you say that it started to maybe make you think about some things that maybe the Holy Spirit has for you and wants to do in your life? Yes. Okay. As we go into the next couple of weeks, again, prepare your heart just to say, okay, God, what, are you, what do you want to do? Next week, again, I said, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to use scripture to talk about it. We're going to lay it out biblically. We're going to share our experiences with it. And then we're just going to give an opportunity at the end of that service to be able to pray for those who would like to receive that baptism and that fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have prayer teams up here. And if you're at a place where you're like, yeah, I, I, I think I want to step into that and see what that looks like. Maybe you've never had that happen in your life before. And you're like, okay, i I, I do, I do want to step into that, right? Maybe I don't have it all figured out. We want to pray for you. We want to believe with you. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and fill your life in a fresh way. If you're here and you've walked with the Holy Spirit for a long time, and, uh, and, and maybe you just need just a fresh filling in your life, <laughs> we're going to pray for that too, and just believe that there's a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. You hear my heart on this? Yeah. Okay. All right. My, my, my heart and my goal, and this is, this is what I've just, I, I'll say this and then I'll end, right? I'll say this. For Ellie and I, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, um, this is not a light topic for us. I want you to know that um, as your pastors, we care a lot about you. And we want you to experience everything that God has for your life. And I want you to know that we've been praying, studying, going after, because we want to be able to present something that God really has that is a good thing that the Bible actually teaches is an amazing benefit and gift that we get to have in our lives. And so, so it's our, our commitment and our heart is to help lead us into these moments so that as we get into these next coming months, the goal is that we will live life as an empowered church that is unstoppable and that God can use for incredible, mighty things in the valley. Amen. That's the goal. That's the goal, right? And so that's what we're going to be doing. That's, that's why we're walking through this time. Thank you so much for agreeing with me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Kind <laughs> of pray for you just as we conclude today and then uh, I'm, I am going to invite the prayer teams down front uh, here in a second and um, if you do want to receive prayer. For this or for anything else today, I would invite you just to be able to come down to receive that prayer before you leave today um, and, and not walk away without somebody praying for you if you really are desiring that. But um, why don't you stand? Why don't you stand this morning? And, uh, and I want to just pray for us here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for your heart for this church. I thank you that you have good things. You have benefits. You have things for this church through the power of the Holy Spirit that will take us into this next season of what you have. I recognize that you have a huge mantle and calling that you've put on us to be your hands and feet. And we recognize that we need you to be able to do that. On our own, it's broken. Father, with your spirit, anything is possible. And so Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come today to lift and encourage your people. I ask you to come and strengthen your people. And I ask you to meet your people. Lord, help us to be a church that is hungry. Help us to be a church that is eager to hear your voice, to have you filling our lives afresh once again. Father, help us to be people that are ready to hear what you have to say and move out in what you've called us to do. Lord, I I ask too right now, just as we get ready to end today, that there would just be a protection and a guarding of every person's mind and heart. I know that, 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 that the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is amazing, but I know the enemy does not like it. I know the enemy works really hard to bring confusion and doubt and fear. And I just pray right now for a breaking off of any attack of the enemy upon this congregation right now. Anything that the enemy has tried to bring in that would lie and and lie about who you are and and what you have and lie about the Holy Spirit even, Lord, I pray that you would come and break those things off. I ask right now that you would protect the minds and the hearts of every single person who's here this morning and everybody who's listening online. That, Father, as we step out into this week, that you would guard and you would protect your people. I pray that the enemy would not be able to come in and steal and kill and destroy. I pray that that there would be a sound mind and a sound heart for your people. I pray that there would be a hedge of protection that would be built up around every single person. And I pray that this week, your voice would speak so clearly to your people that we would be able to hear and know that you are speaking to us. And finally, Father, I just pray that you would bless your people this week. I thank you for One Life. I thank you for every person that calls this home, every person that's here today checking it out. Lord, I pray that the blessing of the Holy Spirit would rest upon them in every way, to be upon their their health, to be upon their marriage, to be upon their kids, to be upon their households, in every way that you would bless and you would guard your people. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. amen.